it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. The Business Beauty Network is now on YouTube. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at Biz Beauty Network. We plan to bring some awesome content along with bonus episodes and our weekly podcast episodes to the Biz Beauty Network YouTube channel. We hope to see you there. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandi Taylor. We have an awesome guest today, Dr. Kyrie. I am super, super excited to have her on. Here's a little bit of Dr. Kyrie's bio. Dr. Kyrie is a licensed barber, cosmetologist, and celebrity hairstylist. She has over 20 years of experience as a natural hair care specialist, educator, and hair care product consultant. She is a board-certified trichologist through the American Association of Drugless Practitioners and the founder and CEO of Mahogany Hair Revolution Salon and Trichology Clinic, established in 2007. She served as the president and a vice president of California Board of of, of the California Board of Barbering and Cosmetology, appointed by Governor Jerry Brown from 2013 to 2021. Welcome, Dr. Kari. I'm super, super excited to have you on. Welcome to the podcast today. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yes, yes, I'm excited to have you. So, Dr. Carr, before we learn about all the amazing things you're doing in the beauty industry, tell us something about yourself that most people would not know. Um, I would say most people would not know that I got bars. Well, I, I think maybe at this point, some of people do know because <laughs> I bring them up every now and then. But it's like natural bars that just flow as I teach and speak. Okay, okay. So well, I'm gonna be listening for some bars today. I'm, I'm gonna be listening. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how they flow out today. Uh, so that's super cool. Thanks so much for sharing that. I know. I know. It's like random, but <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm gonna be listening for the bars. I'm sure you got them for sure. So I'm gonna be listening for them. So you've been in the beauty industry for a long time. Um, you know, tell us. Where you found your passion in this industry? What inspires you? You know, I I have always done hair. And so I would say that my passion really just comes from just my love of what I do. And I started off as a little girl. And as I began, as I began to do hair and I began to serve more and more people, I really enjoyed the relationships that I was able to develop with the different people that I served. And um, as I continue to serve in this space, um, I just fell more and more in love with the gift and knowing just how what I'm able to do in this position of serving by creating a beautiful style for one of my clients and then the effect that it has on them for them to go out into the world and what it represents, you know, all of that just has led me to fall in love. And I remain inspired by other artists in our industry. Um, I really thank God for my mom who exposed me to just loving and falling in love with my hair at a young age. Um, And I'm currently in the position that I'm in, or I should say the stage that I'm in in my career, really just falling in love with carrying on this legacy of love for the service and doing that through educating and uh, teaching other stylists and sharing my journey with them. 
Yes, yes. And you have quite the journey for sure. So kind of share a little bit of like some of the things you've done because licensed barber, cosmetologist, celebrity hairs, like you've done a lot of stuff. So kind of take us a little bit along your journey. Yeah, well, the journey really started with me loving hair and wanting to be a salon owner. So when I was in college, I decided, you know what, I want to do hair. But I had the natural gift of braiding. You know, I was braiding hair in college. And so I was very clear that I wanted to do natural hair. I was also clear that I wanted to do natural hair because I knew how important hair was to self-esteem. So there was always this drive um, to, again, use my gift to impact others in, in a deeper way. And so all of that to say, at the time when I was in college, that's why I decided to become a licensed barber. I had this whole thing where I'm like, I braid and I fade. And that's a bar, you know, like I braid uh-huh. them. And- okay. <laughs> um, and so I was already braiding and doing those things. So I thought it would be great for me to gain a new skill. I also was being very strategic because I knew I wanted to be a salon owner. I was like, let me, you know, get licensed. Let me not have anything that would, uh, that could create a barrier for me to, you know, own this salon. And so I started off as a salon owner in LA. Um, I worked in other salons first. (laughs) I worked in like three different salons. Um, But again, I was very clear on what I wanted to do. Worked as a salon owner myself, um, maintained that salon for 14 years. I was very clear that I wanted my salon to be an all natural hair salon. So that's Mahogany Hair Revolution. And I remember that was tough, though. You know, I opened my salon before the natural hair revolution, you know, and, you know, I'm in L.A. People would call it La La Land, the land of make believe and we. So at the time when I um, built my salon and I said, you know, my salon is going to be an all natural hair salon. All we're going to do is natural hair, no relaxers, no weaves. You know, I had people like you're crazy. Um, But I praise God that I stuck to my vision. And like I said, my salon, um, I was able to build a very strong brand that has um, that continues to grow. And now I no longer have the brick and mortar salon, but um, I've expanded it to a training platform because that brand is so strong. And so in the course, though, like you said, my journey, because I am a celebrity stylist. So, you know, in the course of me following my passion. I began to serve celebrity clients, but it's something that began to happen naturally. And this is what I love to teach to my stylists is that I was just following my passion and committed to serving in excellence. And that led to me developing a strong and consistent reputation of doing just that. And I began to attract the celebrity clientele and began to genuinely, even to this day, develop relationships with them that have allowed me to serve them over and over again. And I will say recently, Brandy, on this journey in the hair industry, um, I am officially a part of the union, the local 706 here in California. Um, Also on that journey, I know you talked about me being on the state board. So yes, I am someone, when I hear about something in the beauty industry, it will pique my curiosity. And oftentimes that curiosity leads me down a road um, that I'm grateful for that just exposes me in a new way. You know, as you stated, you you started in the natural hair industry when it wasn't a popular thing at that particular time, because it hasn't been popular that long. I think maybe like 2010, 2011 is when really... The The shift really started to happen, right? So it hasn't been that long since we started embracing our hair more and all of those things. What can you say you that over the years has really shifted in the natural hair industry? And then uh, what do you think has stayed the same? You know, I would say that what I found that has shifted, and it's a great shift, is that we're seeing more ownership 
um, of um, we're seeing more black owners um, in the space and knowing that as a consumer um, that African-American women, men and women, that we are we consume a lot of beauty products. OK, we are part of the reason why it is a billion okay, dollar industry. Um, so I'm so glad to see that what has shifted is that we see more ownership in the space. Um, I feel that what has remained the same is we're still trying to learn about our hair and find a consistent way of educating ourselves around our hair. There's just so much information, right? There's so, there's so many areas where you can get information, so many resources. Sometimes it's conflicting and then it's overwhelming. And so I feel that that is something that I've noticed, you know, I saw it happening, you know, as you, you know, prior to the big move and even the shift. And what I, I know that it's consistent because I find that I get the same questions that I've gotten for years. Um, but with that shift, what I love is because at the time when I became a trichologist, it was something that that was still new. And I love that there are more and more professional stylists who are seeking to get the scientific understanding of hair so that we can bring some consistency to what it is that we come to understand about our hair, black hair. Because in the current curriculums, that's pretty consistent across the United States for sure. Um, we're not taught how to care for our natural hair. Natural hairstyling is a cultural practice. And so there isn't a, a standard of education around our hair. Um, there are some states who have adopted a curriculum, but again, it's still not consistent. And what I also will say when it comes to the natural hair movement is that locks weren't included. So when we talk about natural hair, um, what I see happening, especially more and more, it was already happening, but what we see post 2020 is there being a desire and a need for more education um, and more understanding around locks and lock care. And I'm so happy to be one of the leaders in that space. Yes, I have noticed the shift in that because I've been like dreaming about locks for a while. I think it's something that, because this is such a commitment, right? So I'm like, am I going to do this? So I have noticed a shift and I've seen more people specialize in it. And I just love that. I love that we're embracing ourselves more. But honestly, if I if I'm honest, I've been, you know, without a relaxer since uh, 2010, 2011 is when I you know decided to just wear my natural hair. And all of these years of doing that, I still do not feel like I really know exactly how to take care of my hair as a black woman. Yeah. And I so I want to talk to somebody like you about that because I think there definitely is a need for what you're doing and but it's it's we still we still have a long way to go. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting because when I first started in my salon and consulting and then using my background in education as a trichologist, I would have the same conversation with um, a, a number of women, a number of black women. And so what I what how I like to teach hair care for black hair is keeping it simple. It really is simple. And I began to discover this in conversation because a lot of the stories when I talk to black women specifically, it's the story of like when we were younger, right? Like how simple our hair care routines were. Like we washed our hair, you know, pink lotion, blue magic, pink <laughs> yep. We grease in our scalps, we braiding it down. You know, if you're wearing an afro, you letting it go. If not, you know, and, and, and people like my hair was so long, it was so thick. My granny would do this, you know, all of that. And I find that what has happened over time is, again, we got bombarded with information that um, other 
people entered into the space and began to introduce new and different ways to care for our hair that may not have been the best. You know, one one topic that I love to teach on is the whole campaign against the use of sulfates. And if you think back to, again, our simple routines, we was using sulfates and we were using silicone. Mm-hmm our hair was fine. But that's why understanding the science of hair is so important because when you have a manufacturer or someone enter into the market space to push a product and part of the marketing around that product is it's sulfate free. And then you can talk about the benefits if you don't understand the science of your hair and why maybe sulfates for some individuals may not be the best. But if your hair is structured a certain way, that the use of silicones and sulfates actually does work, then we're going to see different results, you know? And so keeping it simple. And, I've, and I'm so glad, again, that more and more stylists are getting the education so we can be consistent in what we are teaching. Because what I also find, too, in a lot of spaces, and, you know, we have these spaces, which I think is great, these social spaces, um, is that there's just a lot of regurgitation of information. So you hear somebody say, don't use sulfates. Then you have everybody creating videos or content around don't use sulfates, but no one's telling you why. They're just repeating what someone else said. And so I just, um, I think, you know, God for opportunities like this to be able to speak on platforms, to be be able to provide an alternate view um, and understanding so that it's not just regurgitation. It's really understanding and choosing what's best and what's going to help you get the best results for your hair. Yes, I appreciate you sharing that because I remember, you know, going through that phase where I I didn't know why I wasn't supposed to use sulfates, but I did. And I remember um, actually doing the uh, co-wash method. And that wasn't a good thing because my hair wasn't getting clean. I wasn't washing my hair enough. I was just doing this whole co-wash thing. (laughs) Coconut oil did not work on my hair. So there's a lot of misinformation. I think it was YouTube because a lot of us were, we didn't know what to do. So we were just going to YouTube university, like what she and them like, I'm doing twisted and twirling and my hair is not looking like hers. What is happening? No, you are so right. You're so right. It's so true. But that's why I'm so grateful that, you know, we're able to create more spaces like this. And I I understand because I remember when that was happening because I would have people coming into the salon. But again, what I realized is that there were a number of people like yourself who didn't know there were stylists like me who existed, (laughs) who understood because I was just so busy, you know, in my community serving the people that I was serving. I wasn't I didn't have time. These hands was in hair. I didn't have time to be on the computer, you know? So Mm -hmm. um, I'm just so glad that, again, I'm able to get the information out there. There's more and more stylists seeking the information. And like you said, we have a little way to go, but we're getting there. Yes, yes, for sure. So as a trichologist and hair loss expert, what recommendations do you have about maintaining a healthy scalp and, you know, just making sure your hair grows? Yeah, well, you know, healthy hair growth starts from the inside out, you know, and it may sound cliche, but it is the science. You know, your hair, what we see when we look at our hair is dead tissue, but before it turns into this hair strand, which is dead tissue, it's being formed in the body through your blood cells. And so truly making sure that you're getting enough nutrients just on a daily basis. I teach my students that hair is a barometer of health. You know, so if your hair is healthy, it's an accessory organ, meaning the body doesn't need 
needed. And so if you're taking care of your body in general and getting your vitamins and, you know, people ask about hair vitamins, that's fine. But your body doesn't know you're taking the hair vitamin for your hair. It just hasn't, you know, an increased amount of certain nutrients like biotin, which benefits, you know, the hair. But, you know, again, you want to make sure you're totally and completely healthy. And so internally, that's where you're going to get the hair growth. Of course, when it comes to preventing hair loss, traction alopecia is the most common form of hair loss amongst African-Americans. And so when it comes to your hairstyling choices, I like to always recommend to trust your body. You know, your body, the alarm system, if it's too tight, if it hurts, if you feel like you got to pop pills, you know, talk to your stylist, you know, speak up, say something, take it out. Even if, if you're too scared to say something, which I hope you're not, but if you are, you know, go home and take it out. It's not worth risking permanent hair loss. Oftentimes I've, um, I've consulted with so many clients who, you know, for the sake of the investment, which I understand, or just the need, you know, there's right before a trip or right before something. So I'm going to grit and bear it. And then because of that, you know, risk having permanent hair loss. And so when you have hair loss, especially the traumatic form, the best way to preserve or to create a higher chance of your hair growing back is to go into immediate action. Um, and I know a lot of, oftentimes we don't, you know, we have our remedies, you know, like girl, just drink some more water or whatever, but you know, take, <laughs> take immediate action. That's going to give you the best chance of, of having a strong, healthy hair growth or regrowing your hair from traumatic hair loss. haven't heard of Gloss Genius and are serious about improving your beauty business, I suggest you check it out. Gloss Genius has become one of the industry's leading booking, marketing, and payment apps. And it's the only one that's smart, stylish, and here to support you. Tens of thousands of independent and small teams across salons and spas nationwide trust Gloss Genius to help them run their business. We can see why. You get beautiful customized booking websites, easy clientele marketing tools, the lowest fees on built-in payments, and many more features for one low monthly price. The best part is that the Business Beauty Network listeners get 50% off your monthly subscription for the first three months. And the team at Gloss will move your client info, notes, upcoming appointments, and services over for free within a couple of days. To sign up, download Gloss Genius in the App Store and enter the code BBN Gloss. That's BBN Gloss. The direct link will be in the show notes. Yes, yes. I think there has been an increase of hair loss amongst African American women. Why do you think that is? You know, I think there are a number of factors because there's so many factors that contribute to hair loss. Um, I believe that one of the factors may be we're seeing the, a common form of scarring hair loss called CCCA, that central centrifugal cicatricial alopecia. It almost mimics like a hormonal form of hair loss that starts in the center and spreads. Um, more and more studies are being conducted, but I know that one of the links has been a history of the use of relaxers. It's not the cause, um, but it has has been linked. Um, and so as we know in our community, the use of relaxers, you know, for years is very common because oftentimes the use starts outside of your control. You a little kid and your mama, your grandma, your auntie, somebody is like, this hair is thick, you know? <laughs> and, and so, 
you know, and again, this is out beyond, you know, us being more educated around, you know, the use of these chemicals and not knowing the long-term effects. So I feel like what we're seeing now are the long-term effects of the use of this chemical. Again, in my clinic, I would consult with women all the time who were mid thirties, you know, forties, fifties, hadn't worn a relaxer in years, but there was a 10, 15, 20 year period where they did. And they're like, but I haven't had a relaxer in 10 years. Um, but you know, that chemical is being absorbed into the scalp and there truly is a slow deterioration of that follicle where for uh, the experience a lot of women are having is, you know, they feel like it's thinning, it's thinning, and one day it's gone. So definitely our hair care practices, we're seeing the, the, the use of more and more of these lace front wigs and it needs to be attached with glue. And so we're seeing the form of traction and hair loss coming in a different form. Um, oftentimes in our community, the increased um, cases of hair loss are oftentimes as a result of our hairstyling choices, but we also don't want to neglect, um, you know, the health again, you know, understanding how important it is that we're getting the nutrients that we need, um, that we are taking care of our bodies um, so that our hair can grow. Yes. And I think because, you know, health wise, there's a struggle with, within the African-American community. So that could definitely add to it. Now, what are some things that you could do? Like you talked a lot about like your nutrients and all of that. thing. So what are some things that you could do to make sure you're healthy overall when it comes to your hair growth? You know, I would say the things that we know. Eat your fruits and your vegetables <laughs> to have a predominantly, you know, raw or vegetable based diet. You know, and, and, and the thing is, we all what I at least what I'm seeing is that we're coming into a another level of consciousness and awareness of the things that we know intuitively. We just haven't practiced. Um, but I think there are certain events, whether it's globally affecting us and impacting us or even within our own individual circles, which is taking us to this level of discipline to what we know. Right. Like we know we're supposed to eat our vegetables and not eat so much butter and cheese and sugar, but it's so good, you know? <laughs> right, right, exactly. But we know, but I feel like, again, what's happening is that when we begin to be impacted in, in a different way that leaves an impression on us where the discipline, so now it's just a discipline. Eat, you're going to find that having a prime predominantly or primarily alkaline diet, meaning you're eating your raw foods and vegetables, you're avoiding white sugars and processed foods, you're drinking enough water every day, making sure you're maintaining a healthy level of activity. It doesn't have to be rigorous, but at least 15 minutes a day, making sure you're stretching at least 15 minutes a day. So 30 minutes out of your day, you're intentionally moving your body, getting your blood flowing, um, and, and you're eating your vegetables and eliminating the things that we know you know, whether your doctor told you or, you know, the spirit inside you been telling you like, you know, you shouldn't eat that. <laughs> right, right, right. That's what it is. So we need to do better, right? <laughs> do what you know to do. <laughs> Take better care of your health and overall your hair and all of those things should flow and, with that. Yes. And supplementation is always great, too, you know, because I also understand that the nutrients that we should get through our food, we're, we're, we, we don't always. And so definitely finding a good multivitamin um, and any additional nutrients or supplements that you may need that you're not able to get through your food that can just support your overall health. No, Dr. Curry, I love because you are truly an expert 
and, you know, hair and all of these things and hair loss and really just, you know, helping us to understand about how to be healthy overall. And I love that you're you're educating um, other stylists on this because I feel that there's a need for more cosmetologists to be experts because you 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 should be as a licensed cosmetology you're a hair expert so I should be able to get advice from you I should be able to trust you that my hair won't fall out when I go to you so I want to talk to you about some of the programs that you're offering for people who are looking uh, to learn more about trichology and what you do. Thank you so much, Brandy. Yes, I'm so passionate about my educational platform. I do offer a trichology certification program. Um, it's online. And so you're able to go through anatomy, physiology. We talk about the scalp. We talk about the skin. We talk about hair and scalp disorders. We have a growing community of trichologists and I have a, some solid course leaders. Um, it's a course that's, that is designed for stylists that you can complete it in 12 weeks. So it can supplement your education if you're currently in um, a license program in your state or in your country, um, but it is not required that you are a licensed stylist to get this education. And so I do have trichologists who either are producing products um, and or maybe building a business where they're going to have stylists, but want to be able to consult. And so you can learn more about my trichology certification program on my website at drcarriewilliams.com. Um, and I have a host of other trainings as well um, that are available, in, especially in my patented or patent pending, I should say, that's my face speaking like I'm getting that patent. <laughs> my patent yeah, speaking into existence. <laughs> yes. A goddess lock technique. Um, I am the inventor and creator of the goddess locks. Um, and I'm just so grateful. Um, and I teach the technique and I have a number of talented stylists out in the world who um, have learned the technique and who have also been able to build strong, fabulous brands and working with fabulous clients. And so I love to teach the foundational um, methods um, because it's all about hair health. It always ties back to in everything that we do and everything that I teach stylists to do is that we're always trying to preserve the health of the hair. Awesome. Now, what are some shifts as you're educating, you're teaching stylists about how to become a trichologist or your, you know, goddess like method. So what are what are some shifts that you want to see in the industry? I know you've dealt with a lot of different personalities as you're coaching and educating. Let's talk about, you know, some shifts you would like to see in this industry. You know, I am I'm actually I'm seeing the shifts, which is more and more stylists getting the education and developing that professionalism, you know, being in especially on the natural hair side. I'm a self-taught braider. You know, I'm a natural hair stylist. And again, knowing that there hasn't been a standard of professionalism around what we do, because we start in the living room and in the house and in the kitchen, you know. And so I know there have been a number of experiences that I've even had in getting braiding and, and getting braiding services or other natural hair services that may not have been so pleasant. And it has led to, you know, certain stereotypes around, you know, going to a braider or what should be charged and what the experience is like. And so what I see happening and I'm looking forward to seeing more of is that we are elevating the experience of, you know, getting our hair braided, that we are are really beginning to value the practice and the care of natural hair. You know, I like to say that I think we just naturally just took advantage of the fact that we know how to braid, that our sisters, cousins, and aunties know how to braid. And then what we see is that when we go out into the world, into society, 
And then we see others and people in other ethnic groups doing our styles, wearing our styles, you know, trying to rename and take ownership of our styles. And we realize like we need to value it more. And so I feel that what's coming along with that value from both sides, both the stylists and the consumers, that stylists are like, wait a minute, you know, I need to. I need to step my game up. I need to get some training. I need to, you know, learn my, get my customer service up. You know, I want to create a beautiful environment. And that means they're valuing their gift. Like, wait a minute, what I do is really special. And I think on the consumer side, we're seeing the same thing that consumers are now like, well, wait, I actually like, I want to go and have this experience and get my hair washed. And I don't want to always bend over into the kitchen sink, you know, and I want to actually maybe help my cousin get the salon. So we ain't got to be in our sink, you know, so we can right. <laughs> So I think we're coming together and I'm looking forward to seeing more of that shift um, as we, like I said, as a community, we are starting to value this gift um, um, and, and we're seeing it on a larger scale, you know, as laws are coming into place, too, and we're taking ownership of it. And I love it. And I can't wait to see more of it. I love the way you put that is valuing the gift because I, I think that that is what it is. Uh, for so long, we didn't value yeah. the gift. Good. And we didn't see the power in what we do as beauty professionals, right? Yeah. But I think I think there's a shift in the industry and more and more people are starting to see the power of what they do and they're getting more educated and becoming experts and, and learning those things. Like, but when you were starting out, you know, you've been in the industry for over 20 years. So when you were starting out and you built your salon. How did you go about learning that, like that, those things, the customer service piece, how to get repeat clients, how to take care of people and how to bring the value? You know, I studied other industries because I didn't I personally didn't see that. Not that it didn't exist, but I personally didn't see what it is that I wanted to create for myself within my business. And so I started off in college when I was in at Cal. I went to UC Berkeley. I studied mass communications. But when I started to come more into focus, like, wait a minute, but I want to do hair. I strategic again, strategic strategy. I then shifted my focus from like journalism to marketing and advertising. And what that did was it exposed me to other industries so that when I began to build my business, I, I again, personally didn't have a model within the salon industry of what I wanted, but I could identify other businesses. And so I did enroll in a class that taught me how to, you know, do a business plan. And then I would place myself in environments on purpose and study other business models. So I remember, you know, Burke Williams, I, you know, couldn't necessarily always afford Burke Williams, but when I would go, it was not just for the treatment, but I was studying what they were doing because I said, I want to create, I liked elements of what I experienced. And I said, I want to create this experience within my business. So I would go and I would study, I would go to certain restaurants. I would intentionally go to places and watch those who were serving. And I would take elements of what I saw and I would take those and I would recreate the system and how it should work within my salon. And then of course, girl, just life, you know, I just had to have some tough lessons, you know, as I was building it, you know, um, as you stated, you know, how to deal with customers. Again, I'm looking at other industries. So how they may manage something and do something does not always work because we are in like a very personal business, personal service business. But again, I would 
take those lessons in and uh, the immediate question I always ask myself is, okay, Carrie, what did you learn? Or what are you learning? How can we, one time is enough. <laughs> How can we not have this experience again? Because we don't like the way this feels. And always looking at what it is that I could shift or adjust, you know, because I can only control me. And so girl, that's how I learned it. And I thank God for those along the way who may not have been in the hair industry, but have poured into me. And um, and that's why I'm so passionate about what I do now, because I remember on my journey in the industry, I wish I had a me. And so I'm like, well, I'm me. Let me just make myself available to other stylists who may be looking for someone who is has taken the journey or is at least you know, in the area and can like point you in the right direction, you know? Right. So you've made a lot of shifts, right? And you've, you know, done a lot of different things within this industry. So can you like share with us, you know, some advice, like what do you think is taken for you to get to the level that you're at right now? You know, I would honestly say, it's just truly finding joy in what I do, you know, and that's what I always encourage anyone that I talk to, whether it's a stylist or someone else to really find joy because you need that joy on the hard days. You know, it's not easy. You know, I cry. I get stressed out. I get overwhelmed. I talk to myself like I don't want to do this no more. <laughs> Sometimes. And and those feelings, which I know aren't facts, are oftentimes, of course, triggered just by the obstacles of life, things that are outside of my control. And so what has gotten me here is the joy, because once the feelings pass and I've learned to observe them and to feel my feelings, the joy, because then I get back to a why. And my why always has to be strong enough for me to keep going. And I truly find joy in serving in the way that I do. And as you said, the shifts come from and how I serve, because there was a moment in my journey in managing the salon and having all these stylists and managing them and their clients where I found a lot of joy. And even when the obstacles would come and I would have nice that I cry, I'd get up the next morning, like, okay, we're going to do this, Carrie. We, we got this. And we, I go back in and again, because I had it for 14 years. So that means I had that joy. But there came a point towards the end of that 14 years, I would say maybe around year 12. <laughs> where I felt the joy for that particular activity shifting. And I thank God that I was grounded enough to know that it's not that I fell out of love with hair or even that I fell out of love with serving. It was just how I was serving. And I, I came into an acceptance that that season of serving in the salon space was coming to an end because the moment that joy starts to feel like stress, I have learned in my journey, like, girl, this is not for you. That's not, God don't want you stressed. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, the feelings are going to come and that's okay. But if you stressed and you ain't happy, like, okay, this is, this is a different thing. So praise God. That is what has definitely carried me to where I am now and continues to carry me, you know, that constant grounding, that constant tapping in, and I know that I love hair, but again, it's just how am I serving and how am I, you know, using my love for, for what I do to continue to serve and make an impact on others? Thank you so much for sharing that. Now, Dr. Carrie, where do you go for motivation? Like, how do you stay motivated? Is it a book? Is it an affirmation? Is it a podcast? How do you stay motivated? 
Girl, I stay motivated when I t say I talk to God every day, first thing in the morning. Okay. I'm definitely books, um, but it's truly that alone time. Um, I last year I challenged myself to get up every morning at five and really how early I get up is just based on my schedule. And I just, you know, enjoy time, you know, in the morning, I feel like I'm the most clear headed at that time. And, um, that is where I go for motivation. Honestly, being still, um, my prayer time. I do love me a good declaration and affirmation too. I will say I do a lot of talking to myself in the mirror like connecting with myself, like you are here, you are fine, girl. We, we got this. <laughs> so spending time with God and alone affirmations for sure. And I have a ongoing list of books and sermons and speeches that I am listening to, you know, as often as I can throughout the day. Awesome. 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 Well, it has been absolutely great having you on the podcast. Can you tell everybody how did they connect with you, Dr. Yes, Brandy. Oh my gosh. This has been so wonderful, girl. I just love talking to you. You all can connect with me um, on social media at Dr. Carrie Will. That's K-A-R-I. You can also um, just link up with me on my website. That's drcarriewilliams.com. Um, and at, on that website, again, you will find my courses. I also have a product line, my beauty by Dr. K brand. Um, and yeah, we can just stay in touch. You can send me questions and I would just love to continue to stay connected with you as well, Brandy. Likewise, Dr. Carrie, everybody, as always, stay great and we are out. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. Make sure you subscribe. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I want to hear from you. Email me at info at businessbeautynetwork.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and Facebook at I am Brandy Taylor. I want to connect with you, so let's stay connected. And remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.